Warning, this episode is not safe for work. It contains foul language, many references to sex and sexual acts, references to sexual assault and fetishes that may or may not be disturbing to some listeners. things strange and unusual, creepy and crunchy, the wild, the crazy, and the sexy? Today we're entering a world that is highly judged, a world that is demonized, a world that is completely misunderstood. We had the absolute pleasure of sitting down with Chloe, the host of Stripper Stories, and we got to pick her brain about the sex industry. We discuss people's aversion to sex work, the types of changes we can make to make their lives safer, the things that make her feel empowered, the things that she will do, the things that she won't do, and the wildest things she's ever been asked to do. So grab a handful of dollar bills and put on your latex because we're headed to the club. My name is Ashley and this is my co-host Lauren. Hi, weirdos. And this is the first part of our sex series. Sexy time, everybody. We have been waiting to get to this episode for a long time, and I'm so happy it finally worked out. Our guest was in the UK, so it took a lot of planning, but it is fabulous that it's finally happening because Chloe is a delight. She really is. Um, Yeah, we've been wanting to talk about sex for a long time. There's a lot of material there in the world of the weird. Absolutely. (laughs) Obviously. But the more Lauren and I talked about it together, the more we realized that sex and sex work and the sex industry, um, there's nothing really weird about it. It's kind of us that's weird about it. So we make it weird. We we make it weird. And yeah, we have all these beliefs and... There is like years of shame ingrained into people like we (laughs) are all making it weird. It doesn't have to be. And that's why this episode is lovely. Mm -hmm. So we made friends with Chloe, who is an absolute blast. I even said on Instagram, like if I could now pick any person in the world to go out with one night, I think it might be her. Oh, that's genius. Uh, I need a dinner date with her. (laughs) She was so fun Um, on Zoom at 8 a.m. So like how much fun could she be in person with a drink in my hand? So. Uh, We made friends with Chloe, who lives in the UK. She works in the sex industry. She's a professional stripper, a dominatrix, and she does cam work as well. And I think that's primarily because of COVID, but also it's just like good, safe work for women in the sex industry. It's kind of the new way to work nowadays. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, before Lauren and I have our episode about sex, we wanted to pick her brain and see what she had to say about it from her personal perspective. And like my honest to God hope, as we were saying earlier for this episode and next week's episode, is just to get people to feel more open about sex and feel a little less weird talking about sex and definitely to shift some stigma away from sex workers and strippers because they really are put into this weird box. It's like compartmentalized into who you think they are and what they are are 
human beings. Mm-hmm. And, and Chloe was so much proof of that, of just yeah. like living, breathing, wonderful woman who is just like you and I and wants to eat her takeout food on a Friday night when she gets off work. And mm-hmm. we just hope that all like all of what you're about to hear helps you guys understand the sex industry a little bit more and can hopefully take away that little bit of fright that you might have of it, of just that unknown, like that it is, Mm -hmm. there are human beings, wonderful women behind that work. And you don't have to be afraid of it. You don't have to, you know, talk about it in whispers. Like, let's open up that conversation. It's okay. And uh, yeah, they're they're human. They're funny and wonderful and they're flawed and they hurt like you do. And they have kids that they love and hobbies and they do their taxes and they go to funerals (laughs) and they do all the things. That we do. So anyway, today's our interview with Chloe, and then next week, Lauren and I will have our own little chat about sex and fetishes and stigmas. Maybe sex with ghosts. I don't know. We haven't recorded yet. A lot can happen <laughs> between now and next Tuesday. <laughs> That's true. Real quick, before we get to the interview, I just wanted to give a huge hello, thank you, and welcome to some new patrons. Patrons! Ooh, ooh. Today we are saying I love you to Sadie, who I'm going to call Secret Sadie because her last name is a mystery. Oh, great. We love you, Secret Sadie. We've also got Brooke Shell, Liz Purvis, oh, yeah. Leslie Fong, Ashley Ziegler, Holly Kolscher, and Molly, who is actually from Centralia. Hello, Centralia. <laughs> oh my gosh. I did see her message come through either. Yes. I think it was our Patreon page. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, a Centralia connection. That was awesome. She um, graduated many years after me. I am old. But old she found people. the show because her mom sent her the Shakespeare episode. Um, and That's we chatted right. for a bit earlier this week. And it totally made my day. So hi, Molly. Say hello to your mother as well. <laughs> From <laughs> so us glad you liked the Shakespeare weird. episode. Ashley did so much hard work on that. That was so good. And I it's know. just awesome to meet other Illinois people in general. Yes. So Hello. Yeah, you know, obviously there are millions of us, but boy, oh boy, when it has, it's sort of like being in the same room with someone with the same birthday, how it's like, yeah. I know that it's not rare, but boy, is it exciting it's when I meet one. It still feels joyous. In the wild. Mm-hmm. Um, also, yeah, so many people from uh, my hometown have discovered this show and podcasts in general, thanks to that episode. So I feel very proud and grateful for that. Love that. Being able to like introduce people to like a new medium, a new yeah. way of a new entertainment that they didn't even know existed. Yes. So, um, sure. And last but not least, a very special shout out to a very special listener, a huge supporter on social media, and now patron of our show, a god among men, a literal modern day Viking, and a really fantastic dad. <laughs> Hello and thank you to Mikey Harwood. Woo-woo! Thank you, Mikey. We love you, Mikey. He's been and I with thought us if you said anyone's years. name but his, he was about to lose his mind because yeah. I know he was yeah. ready for his he, name. He to would be find my phone number um, and give me a call. Hi, Mikey. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys, all of you, for donating to our show and, and continuing to support us. We love you very much. We would be nothing without you. Thank you, guys. All right. Let's uh, get to the show and say hi to Chloe. Enjoy.
Today we have a very special guest, someone we've been chatting with for months now for an episode we've been looking forward to for years. As you know, on this show, we don't just talk about weird things. We talk about the weird parts of normal things. We've talked about sports. We've talked fashion. We've even talked twins. And today we are talking sex. And without further ado, I'd like to introduce the host of the podcast, Stripper Stories, Chloe. Hi. (laughs) Hi, Chloe. Hi, Chloe. Tell us and our listeners a bit about yourself, please. Okay, well, thank you, first of all, for having me on the show. Like, I've yeah. been a big fan of you guys for a while. And, uh, yeah, oh. it's a um, real pleasure being here. Uh, I've uh, been a, a sex worker, I guess, for the last 10 years. Um, I worked in most avenues of sex work. Um, and, yeah, and so I'm, I'm now a host of a podcast called Stripper Stories Podcast, which is kind of born in lockdown, like lots of podcasts. And uh, we just talk a lot of things uh, to do with sex sex work normalizing sex work and sex conversation and yeah we have loads of interesting guests on every week so definitely check it out if you haven't already and um yeah i i'm really really happy to be here so thank you for having me yeah of course course. i actually yeah i love stripper stories i started i listened to a couple episodes obviously to prepare for talking to you but also when you first reached out to us last year it's it's so funny it's so funny. You guys are so entertaining and you I love that just no topic is off the table. Nope. That you guys really cover it all. It's perfect. Thank you. Yeah, no, honestly, it's giving me something to to uh a little vent, a little way of venting yes. all of my Oh yeah. yeah for real. Like, I'm sure people don't really want to be talking about sex 24/7 and uh I just make sure that people on my podcast do. So I'm like, yes, I have something to <laughs> I, have, I have people to talk to now. So it's uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Yes. I love that it. was Sort of my first question, because, you know, sex, first of all, is a completely natural, normal, everyday thing. Nothing Mm -hmm. about sex or even the sex industry is weird. It's I think it's us that's weird about sex. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I agree. hundred percent. I think especially in the U.S. Oh, we make it so much worse in the States, too. We're all Quakers. (laughs) <laughs> really is it i mean i've never worked in the states um Oof. and so yeah but i have a lot of friends who do so i know it's it's kind of difficult out there right now isn't it a lot of the strip clubs are closed and things like that obviously since yeah. Lockdown. yeah yeah i think yeah. things are starting to reopen but yeah i mean and it's always been i think a little more taboo over here than what mm. yeah than we see in other countries so it's very strange They got pretty creative over here, especially in like Las Vegas. They had stripper um, buses. So they had these like buses come through that had like an entire side of the bus was just like plexiglass. And the girls were inside completely, you know, stripping. And they would literally just like pull up and there were little slots where you could put money (laughs) through the plexiglass of the bus. I love that. That's actually pretty genius. It was great. So the strippers got to strip. It was amazing. But the question that I wanted to know, because I, like Lauren was saying, like here it is, the sex industry is pretty taboo. But why do you think people are so closed off when it comes to the sex industry from like avoiding it to straight up hating it and being against it? I think, I mean, from... I guess from the podcast and speaking to other people more regularly about it, 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 it's systemic. I think it comes from like when you're a lot younger and the things that kind of your parents and your school and your religion teaches you, you know, it's, it really does uh, kind of grow from within you from a really young age. So I think it's, it's more of a habit, I think, than people actually genuinely despising or, you know, having a, a, 
I guess, a comment on sex work because it is the most natural thing. Sex is the most natural thing. It's, you know, and sex work being the oldest profession in the world. <laughs> it's like, it's been going on for so long now. Well, you think that as human beings by 2021, we would have really figured it out. But I think that because of people in their own communities being taught specific things about it, generalizations, I think that that's probably the biggest problem. Um, yeah. It's kind of like, you know, whispers everywhere. No one really actually wants to speak to a sex worker about what it is to work in the industry. It's all just like hearsay. So I think that's yeah. probably the biggest biggest issue for us is um, like preconceived notions of what it you know, what we are, you know, we're not our job. We are human beings, you know, we do enjoy sex yeah. recreationally. We don't just, you know, see sex as just work. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a shame. I really am hoping that now there's bigger things in the world going on, like Corona and other awful things happening <laughs> that people will just focus on something that's more important than, you know, women getting their nipple out on Instagram, you know? So I think, yes. you know, I think hopefully Amen. that will change. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you, you are stripping and you're also doing dominatrix work, correct? Yeah. That- yeah. Yeah. I mean, pre, pre Corona, um, I was working, yeah, sure. yeah. In a dungeon. Um, a lot of them have closed down now for good. So, uh, yeah. Oh, that- too bad. Yeah, it's a bit, it's, it's shame in London. Like it's very an underground art. It's not really spoken about a lot. So I did that for a while and, um, now I'm on cam, uh, which is okay. a lot, a lot safer at home, I guess, working online. Sure, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, what types of laws are there when it comes to dominatrix work? Well, I'm not sure about the US, but in the UK, um, it's, it's pretty much all about consent and communication. I think that anything in a private setting, most dungeons are privately owned. Obviously, they're not like strip clubs where they have council, you know, council members coming around and checking the CCTV footage. Okay. So because it's very private, it's like a, almost like a therapy counseling session, you know, when you go yeah. and uh, have a session with a, with a dom. Um, so it is much more private. It is down to the individual, um, whether, you know, for instance, if you're, you're doing flogging play or anything to do with that, whether you want marks or not, it really is down to consent and communication laws as such. It is legal to be a dominatrix in the UK, um, and to have establishments such as dungeons and houses, um, privately owned houses. But, uh, yeah, when it comes to the acts as such, there isn't really much. I mean, I was never really told about it. I've done a little bit of reading too. There isn't really much on it other than just consent. You know, it's just the basic yeah. level of consent. You know, a lot of people have different, different views on that. So, yeah. Yeah. I think there are a lot of people that don't understand what a dominatrix actually does because i think a lot of people immediately think well you have sex with your clients and it's Mm -hmm. like that's a completely different thing so real quick just for the people out there who's like i don't even know what a dominatrix does what what do you do like on a, a day at work as a dominatrix well it honestly the good thing about it is like the reason why i wanted to do the job in the first place is you meet so many different people a day at work is so different every single day because people have different needs and different and different kinks and different things they want to explore so i mean you book a session whether it's i mean a lot of people do day sessions um it's really like a therapy office it's kind of like what i mean you fill out a form beforehand a lot of the time you want to get to know your client a lot of people are repeat clients so you would know them um inside out by you know the third or fourth session it's a lot of trust. Um, and yeah, you just kind of pick the kind of avenue you want to go down, whether it be flogging, whether it be sissy play, whether it be 
breath play, whether it be any type of play. I mean, there are certain boundaries I have personally that I won't, you know, um, go into like race, race play or like bestiality right. or things like that. But um, things that you're uncomfortable with. Yeah, yeah, for real, like age play as well. I think, you know, for me personally, that's not something I really like to, yeah, to you, dabble in. Like, oh, be a 12 yeah. year old girl. It's like, right. you know yeah. what? No, actually, <laughs> I think you need the help. line a bit. It's crossing the line for me personally, but I mean, I don't ever really judge. Yeah. I mean, but then still, I I think, you know, it it is really down to like the person in feeling comfortable, but yeah, a day at work is so different. It depends. And I mean, a lot of dominatrix doms do actually have sex with their part, with their, their therapy partners or their partners in, in the Mm -hmm. session. Um, and that's down to them. Uh, I've never been full service. So that's not something I offer personally. Um, I'm mostly fully clothed. And okay. uh, yeah, so it, it really just depends on um, on the person or the, the house that you're working in. That so, yeah. was something that I wanted to ask you. You know, you'd said you'd, n- you'd never done full service and you had your reasons for doing that. Do you want to talk about mm-hmm. that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, it's just, it's simply because that I am, I feel like I'm a little bit too, uh, what's the word? Small of brain when it comes to sex. Like I, mm. I'm, I can't decompartmentalize my, my right. brain too well. You know, I find I get sure. very involved when I'm, uh, with a sexual partner. And yeah. I find that, you know, a lot of my friends who do work, um, and do do full service, they, they're so much better at just decompartmentalizing and, and treating it as work and not letting it affect their personal, um, their personal lives basically. And I, I find that sex is so important, especially with my personal partners at home that right. I didn't really want to jeopardize that in any way. Um, it can become kind of unhealthy, um, with some people. I found that that was for me, not really something I wanted to like push, but, However, you know, I think the women who do do it, I'm just like hats off to you. They're like serious queens. I just, of yeah, course, not for yeah. me. Not for some me. people are just able to separate that, and it doesn't have to come into their personal life. But I, yeah. I think I would be a little more like you. I think I would have that struggle. So I can totally, I can totally understand that. Yeah, I think that's yeah. why some people can't understand sex work can't understand you know full service sex work because they have that relationship with sex and they feel that every sexual encounter is uh you know means something or or they get that attachment so when they picture sex i I think that they can't fathom it i really think they can't personally fathom it yeah so it causes a, a disconnect between you know it's a job Right. Yeah, 100%. And like speaking on, you know, my own experiment, experiments, experience, <laughs> it's very early. Um, <laughs> I think that, you know, growing up and, and maturing had a lot to do with changing my feelings towards the sex industry and women and their bodies just in general. Because I remember when I was younger, there were so many actresses that I was like, oh, I hate her. And as an adult, I can look back and be like, oh, I didn't like her because she was so beautiful. And it was like she was my competition, which is ridiculous because she's (laughs) Megan Fox and I live in Walnut Hill, Illinois. (laughs) There's no way she's not. We're not on the same level. But I think that women have that idea in our head because it's placed there. It's a societal pressure that, you know. It's every woman for herself. You are competing with everyone around you. So as I've aged, I've I've been able to look at Megan Fox and be like, she's a literal goddess. And if anyone touches her, I will destroy the earth as opposed (laughs) to protect her. Yeah. When I was younger and was just so like, whatever, she sucks. 
So what I'm getting at is like as an adult, I can look at the sex industry, sex work, whether it's pornography um, or stripping or whatever. And I used to think as a as a young, young person, oh, it's so demeaning. And as an adult, I can look at it and say, like, that's so empowering that a woman can say, like, I'm using what I have to make a living and not just like my body, but like I'm using my confidence, my sexuality, uh-huh. my ingenuity. So absolutely. With mm-hmm. that being said, what about your work makes you feel empowered? I guess it's like the women around you, I think it's it's really yeah. like a kind of pack animal <laughs> kind of job, especially in a strip club. Like it, you do have to kind of, uh, it's like very like being in a zoo like I that's how could I how could I explain it more than that it's like there's there's groups of girls all you know gathered together and as soon as you kind of work there a while and you kind of gain women's respect and they respect you you respect them I feel like people do support you and mm-hmm. you know it's it's such a vulnerable it can be quite a vulnerable job you know constantly being naked constantly being in that kind of uh, vulnerable state. So, uh, having other women around you that can kind of lift you up, you know, if you're on your period and you've got a tampon string hanging out and a woman just like, ah, tampon, everyone's like (laughs) literally like having each other's back. So for me, that was a huge thing. Um, having girlfriends who, who weren't judgmental because I mean, even though we're all there to make money, it's, it's actually more, I guess, friendly. And I guess, I don't know, more, you're co- inclusive you're kind of, yeah you're inclusive. all in it together yeah 100 yeah. percent. you're so, a team yeah and, but I mean obviously there are nasty girls just like there are all nasty boys everywhere yeah. like so um but yeah for me that was a big thing having girlfriends who don't judge you and in the everyday That's life amazing. of the muggle women like we call them the muggles like they <laughs> they are much more, I love that. <laughs> much more judgmental I don't know why I don't know why it is but like you can just you can feel the eyes on you you can feel that kind of you know not said judgment, you know? Yeah, I really do think it comes down to a a jealousy. It's almost the, you know, you know how some women don't like it when their partner watches pornography? Oh, no, God. You know, when I was like uh, 17, 18, it bothered me that my boyfriend watched pornography because I didn't understand why why he needed it because we don't have the same brain. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need pornography. I like my head movies more (laughs) than pornography. So like it didn't make sense and it didn't make sense that he would want to watch a blonde when I'm brunette or, you know, that he it just like there's a disconnect there, I think, especially with women, because we don't have that like necessary. It's not necessary. It's not necessary for us to come like period. I mean, I think it is very necessary, (laughs) but like biologically, like we don't get, you know, we don't get cramps if we don't come. Whereas right. guys, not, if they're not, not coming all the time, life. they're fucking psychos. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, I, I do think that's a kind of an excuse, though, for guys. Don't you sometimes? I'm just like, oh, blue ball syndrome is not a real thing. I Where know. Does it it's say, really you know, hard like, to oh, always use that. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just have to come. Or just like, come my, my brain is in my dick. I'm just like, fucking yeah, remove you have your to brain. Do this. Yeah. Oh, God. Like, I know. Yeah. I, I do agree that. with that. And then they won't spend as much time on the woman because they're like, yeah. well, you don't know how this feels. And it's like, like right, listen, bye. I have my needs as well, sir. I yeah. would like to have my orgasm, please. First, that's preferably. Yeah. First. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I was going to say, like, that's kind of how I am now, uh, uh, as opposed to 17, where it's like, come yeah. on, babe. It's like, you've got so so much porn at your fingertips. <laughs> Go take care of yourself. I am busy. Yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. 
I don't want it. Yeah, yeah my, my husband high. and I, my husband and <laughs> I were just apart from each other for like two months, and I had zero problem with him, you know, looking at porn while he was gone. So it's like I get it. You got to take care of yourself, and that is so much growth from where. I used to be because I will admit that I used to be one of those women that probably would have looked at you while you were dancing and, you know, looking sexy and amazing. And I would have been extremely jealous. And I thought, really okay, do think that's it's like, a jealousy thing. That's what my man wants me to do. That's what my man wants me to be. He wishes I was doing the moves in the porn. And I have now learned like that is so yeah. not how women need to be thinking. That is not what it's about at all. Oh, it's, my God. Yeah. Your yeah. mind has to be changed. You have to choose to learn though and you know Mm -hmm. change your mind and educate yourself and I don't think a lot of women do that no you're right yeah and I think too that a lot of women don't take the time to actually like Lauren was saying like learn about it because I remember in my mind thinking that you know strippers and, and porn actresses they had these perfect bodies that I didn't have because I have stretch marks and I have cellulite and it's like if you actually watch porn, if you actually go to a strip club, you will see those things. Mm-hmm. Yes, right, exactly. In my head, it was like these are these perfect people that my my boyfriend or my fiance is lusting after, and it's like no, they have real bodies. Yeah, just like they have those you curves too. And it might actually make you feel better if you went and saw them and like you know got to see right. your body on stage because we're all we're all bodies. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, someone asked me the other day, like, what is the stereotypical body or, like, you know, what do you need to look like to be a stripper? I'm just like, a person. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter. Every every right. man or woman, whoever goes to a strip club or watches porn, that everybody has a different thing. Everybody likes something different. So th- that's the whole right. beauty of the industry, that you can be whatever you want. You can wear yeah. whatever you want. You can, you know, you can tease or, t- like, titillate or do whatever the fuck you like. Like, people there's always a need for it. Sex will always be in demand and you don't have to be a stereotypical way um, to be perfect. Like there's, there's a reason why there is blue and red lights in a strip club. And that is to hide things like cellulite. There is, you know, they do it on purpose, (laughs) you know, Um, when lights go on, we look like just like, literal hags like, I was it's gonna like say. We, <laughs> a lot of them are like uh, you go backstage and you're like jesus christ <laughs> yeah it's like fucking sweat everywhere like pussies everywhere it's just not a pretty sight okay no so it's oh, not my goodness yeah. okay so what makes you feel empowered is the girl power which i didn't think that was going to be your answer and that's like my favorite answer in the world yes. because that's my favorite <laughs> thing in the world is there anything about your work that makes you feel like degraded um, you know what? Like, like you said previously, as you grow older, I think you look back on yourself, like my little baby stripper self, like 10 years ago, I look at myself and it was like Bambi on ice. So, you know, everything a man would say to me, or if he would, wouldn't choose me to dance with, like dance for him, I would get really wounded, you know? Yeah. And it would really bother me. Like, what's wrong with me? Or oh, she's skinnier than me. Or like, she's this and that, whatever. She's making more money than me. Um, and I've learned now as I've grown older, that not really much can affect me if a guy's got an opinion he's got an opinion that doesn't make it my opinion doesn't make my friend the only people's opinions I give a shit about is my own and my friends or people close to me you know if it's Mm -hmm. if it's got nothing you know if it's got nothing to do with me they're not they're not my person then it doesn't really affect me I think 
obviously that when someone shouts out something, you know, you get men, especially on cam as well, they'll say, you know, they'll pop into your chat and be like, ugly bitch. And I'll be like, and then they'll log off right. and you'll be like, oh, yeah. big man, big man. That was really, <laughs> is that what we're doing? Like just insulting yeah. women, paying and paying them for the privilege. Your yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I'm going to say, I'm not going to say that that never, you know, hurts or you think, oh, okay. I mean, the other day I had a guy ring me and he had a, a crying fetish. So he wanted to make me cry and it's called uh, dacrophilia. It was on cam, so we have like phone calls uh, that right. come through to our phone as well. Um, when you're not at the laptop, so they can find you everywhere, which is fucking unfortunate. Yikes. But anyway, <laughs> they ring, they ring, and like he's like, "Oh yeah, I've got a crying fetish," and I get quite a lot of them. They just want to insult you down the phone um, and try and make you cry, you know. And so I literally have to listen to that twenty four seven of a guy calling me this, calling me that, and you wow. know, I'm just like. I, the first couple of times that happened, I was like, really? Like, there's people out there that want it. It's so, like, sadistic and, like, yeah. you know, oh, God. And then this one time, I mean, this happened, like, maybe a week ago, and I had to report it on, on the forum. This is proper dark, but uh, this did actually affect me. And he was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit my girlfriend. I'm like, what? And he was trying to make me cry on the phone. I was like, no, you're not. I was like, calm the, calm the hell down. And he starts hitting something, and I heard a crying in the background on the phone. <gasps> No, I was like, no. what? I was like, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? And I literally like was like, what the hell? What the hell? And he hung up the phone. So instantly, then I think, right, okay, he's either got his friend there and he's making like pulling a prank, or yeah. you know yeah. something more sinister is happening. And that you know it does affect you. I'm not going to say it doesn't. And wow. I you know yeah. had to had to obviously report that. But other than that, <laughs> most of the time we're good. Like we're you know yeah. people are respectful and you know they don't push boundaries, which is good. Does but that yeah. sort of does that kind of make, because I know we were talking earlier about like you never really judge for whatever your kink is because kinks are, I mean, mo- most we don't choose them most of the time. Yeah, right. Most yeah, of the time it's just, it's just like, I don't know. It's just what does it for me. Yeah. The end. But when a kink is something like that, like when they want to make you cry, do you pass judgment on them at that point? It, I mean, it's natural to be like, Jesus Christ. Um, but like how do you, know, you feel uh i mean that one for instance if some if someone's just calling me names via phone i'm like they're probably just painting my nails um, right. or doing something else you know they don't really realize <laughs> that i'm not actually probably listening a lot of the time i put them on mute you know i can't really hear them and i'm like you just see what i'm saying so it's not really like that much of an issue but when it's hurting someone else Mm-hmm. or you know bestiality like fucking animals or like <laughs> or like i don't know indulging in some sort of pedof- pe- like pedophilic like fantasy right. or race race play like using racial slurs that sort of thing like kind of hate based i find is obviously going to affect me i'm a human being yeah. but i mean there are, i do yeah. know a lot of a lot of women who who are okay with it I and mean, that's another way of decompartmentalizing they like it's a job you know i think right I think it is quite important to still have some of your humanity left and sanity left. Um, but how how you push that boundary is, I guess, is just down to the to the work the sex worker themselves. But yeah, for me personally, sure. it would it would yeah definitely affected me. I would say so. Yeah, yeah, mm. absolutely. I know a lot of our listeners want some juicy secrets when it comes to the world of being a dominatrix. So we wanted to get into that a little bit. And you may have even answered it already when we were chatting about it before. But um, what is the weirdest thing you've been asked to do was one of the first questions. I'm just trying to think. I mean, it happens every day. I mean, I play dead was one. I, like, I had to literally oh, lie there and pretend oh, I was boy. dead. A guy had a munting fetish, which is like... 
the munting? most disgust yeah munting what is that it's, well, I didn't know this and I had to look it up on my phone. I was like, what the fuck is this? He's like, right, it's when two people take a dead body. This, I know this is so fucking dark, okay? Two, two, <laughs> people are weird. Take a dead body. One person jumps on the dead body's stomach while the other person eats their like, entrails out of the like what? vagina of the dead person, right? Stop. Yeah, I know. It's so dark. I was like, I mean, I talk about it now like it's nothing. But when I first heard it, I was like, oh, oh, Jesus. I was like sweating. I was like, no, 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 can't do this. Oh he was God. like, will you just um, come and sit with me in the, you know, in a room and just pretend like you're dead? I was like, you're not, you're obviously not touching me. He was like, no, no, no. I just want to like talk to you and, like while you're dead. I'm like, cool. Okay. So I just lied there. <laughs> For an hour, just playing dead. I was like, do you want my tongue out? I can, I can lie my head back a bit if you want. Like, ah, 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 dying. Um, so yeah, I, I was great at it. I think I, I should have won an award. I just aced you found it. your talent. I did. You found your talent. I was gonna dead. say, like, I don't think I would play dead very well. I don't know if I would either. I would start twitching and yeah, moving. and I'd like have an itch on my nose, and I'd be like, "I'm so uh, sorry. Like, I know I'm dead, but like my nose is just so bad right now. I'm just it really, nice. really thirsty. I need a drink. Uh, oh, do you mind sure. if I just pop? Yeah. yeah. Oh dear. Well, when you talk about the dark part of it, like that's one thing. I know, Lauren, you've got a couple more juicy questions, but oh, yeah. that was one thing that I wanted to kind of talk about. The crossover between our show and your show is, you know, we actually run into sex work a lot on our podcast, especially when we're covering true crime. Unfortunately, I mean, it's a really poorly kept secret that sex workers are killed at a fucking terrifying rate, at least in the mm -hmm. United States. I'm sure it's yeah. the same where you are. Yeah, They're just yeah. cases that aren't, you know, important because it's like well she was a sex worker so what did yeah. she think was gonna happen it's like she didn't think she was gonna die no she didn't think she was how, gonna be how, murdered how is that that's not in their job description <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> unless it's playing dead and then we're okay with that but yeah. like other, yeah. <laughs> not real real dead no that's not cool no i know it's no. so sad i don't know what it is i mean that we've had so many cases about it here and where they're kind of like just because we're seen as like fallen women or women who ask yeah, for it or things right. like that. It's like, oh, we won't miss another one of those. I'm like, oh, really? We're still there. We're still there. I don't know. I just, it bothers me. But, have you ever, I mean, I mean, this is probably maybe too personal, but you haven't ever lost anyone, right? No, I haven't. Oh, not personally. Good. Thank God. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. Like, thank not, goodness. No, I mean, obviously there's been, uh, I would say less, less appalling things happen, but it's still right. as appalling, you know, people having men force themselves on them or like rape or like, you yeah. know, all that kind of blurred line of consent. Obviously that does happen. Um, and or people are forced into doing sex work. I've heard stories of that. Um, it's not just always women walking themselves to the strip club or driving them there in their BMWs, you know, some, right. some girls don't actually want to be working in the industry. So there are that, that negative side as well. Um, there is that negative side. So yeah, it's not all, um, completely safe and it's not all completely glamorized. Like it is in like the hustlers movie that they're bringing, they bring out and all this like Hollywood yeah. gentrific gentrification that's happening, you know? So sure. yeah, but I mean, I've never had a bad experience myself personally and all my close friends are all very safe and well. So that's good. <laughs> that's good. We are the ladies of Spark My Interest podcast. My name is Diana. I'm Deborah. I'm Jesse. Sometimes our content is shocking. The church blew up. <gasps> Other times it's hilarious. Did he do it? Yeah. <laughs> 
But the one thing it always is, is interesting. That's how they decided? I had Based no on the moon? So tune in every Monday for a new episode and get sparked! Do you feel like you're properly uh, represented at all in the media? Like, the career, the industry, is there anything that properly represents what you do? I wouldn't say so. I mean, I think it's because people, it's, I mean, it's either really highly glamorized um, when J-Lo is playing a stripper or it's really, really degraded and and it's always really like, you know, badly spoken about. There isn't really that middle ground of people just wanting to get to know a sex worker or going to, like women wanting to go to strip clubs just to like support or like buying ethical porn or things like that. People, they, they would rather watch or like insult or whatever from, from the background than actually involve themselves and educate themselves in the industry right. themselves. I think that's, that's the biggest issue, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it, it is a funny one. I don't, uh, I think that, I don't know. I, I, I think in the UK, we don't have any like strippers collectives or strippers rights. Really. We don't yeah. have any like sick like pay or anything like that. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no, nothing like that. It's, it's more just the girls themselves supporting each other. Which that would be a good change, like a law, you know, if if, yeah. if sex work was made legal. legal I mean, yeah. one, it would make it would make your lives so much safer in so many so different ways. Yeah. yeah, financially yeah, and like physically, you would just it would be so much safer. And that's the thing that people don't understand is like the industry is going to exist no matter what, whether you want it to or not, whether you like it or not, it's going to exist. As you said, it's the oldest. It's the oldest career in mm-hmm. history. I mean, it was here before dentistry was. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, like, it's not going away. So what can we... And, and But the thing is, is they just... The people that are so against it, they just see you as disposable. And that is a shitty right. fucking truth. Is that they just... They don't care. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, but the funny thing is, isn't it, that people who do think these things are the ones watching porn. And who are the ones behind closed doors, you know, usually. Yeah, they're trying to keep it a secret. Or in like a homosexual relationship and they're like, gays Mm -hmm. are bad. And it's like, oh, man, we know about you, buddy. You're projecting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And even women who have, you know, issues with uh, other women in the sex industry might have like been on a sugar baby website when they're trying to get through college or might have been on, on, on a campsite or whatever. But like, you know, you could never be an escort. Oh no, could sure. never do that. I'm just like, well, you know, I don't know. It's it's a shame, really, isn't it? But it is. It is. I think the, the reason why we have these podcasts, isn't it, is just to fucking spread the word, yeah, normalize, and spread the people, word, make people <laughs> more aware. Right, for real. And to just yeah. hear, you know, a, an actual person in the industry talk about it. I think you know, there's not a lot, unless you're seeking it out. There's not a lot of places where you can. Uh, hear from a stripper or hear from a, an actress in porn or he unless you are actively being like I want to find a stripper to listen to so that's why I'm excited because I know a lot of our listeners this is probably a, a guest they never thought we'd have and I know they're all right. pumped because they've oh, told everyone's me. so excited to learn more yeah Lauren you had a couple more questions I believe because I cut oh, yeah. you off no but I love I love where we went with it because that covered <laughs> other things we wanted to talk about so it was perfect um, okay so we talked about the weirdest things that you've been asked to do have you ever straight up declined to do something and just said you know we're not doing this here today yeah like all the time like guys always push it yeah yeah constant i mean that yeah even though there's like rules in a club or rules in a in a like dom house or wherever you are guys will always want to push it or girls not just like you know 
being stereotypical yeah. here. But yeah, people always, they get like, the emotion runs away with them. <laughs> so, which is understandable. But it's like, no, down, puppy. Down, down, calm down. Let's bring it down. Let's... So, uh, yeah. yeah, obviously a lot, of, a lot of times, yeah. It's a lot about touching. In the UK, you can't really touch when you're dancing. It's always a meter away. Um, in the US, obviously, it's a lot more like liberal and you can do a lot more with your bodies. But um, in the UK, yeah. it's very, very like distance. So the guy's like, come sit on my lap. That's Let nice. me just... Blah, 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 blah. I'm just like, yeah, it is yeah. nice. It makes you feel a bit more... I guess, I don't know. It's like a, a more safer. controlled environment. Yeah. Yeah, but it, seriously. But it's harder to make money, you know, obviously because it's harder to get that connection if you can't, like, not that you'd want to be, like, falling all over someone, but, you know, when you can't even hold the hand of the person that you're dancing for, you're getting naked for someone, sure. but you can't put your arm around them. It's a bit of a fucking weird situation. So, uh, yeah, that is um, true. it's really backward, but... Um, I think a lot of the time it's just like put your dick away put the penis away Pe- penises are not allowed out <laughs> yep does it make it sir. awkward afterwards or does it ju- do you just move on oh I just move on like yeah. yeah I mean one of the last jobs I did in, in the club a guy just came in his pants without even touching his dick like just literally came straight away I was like <gasps> like that guys come that quickly like without even I'm like lucky you I'm a lucky me I'm just lucky everyone but I, I just like was like go to the bathroom clean yourself up and just come back this is like no judgment here you know I just like yeah, take it yeah. as like a form of flattery I was like it's fine I was but gonna yeah. say you were doing your job so well right? so it's a compliment to you <laughs> just, it was just a glorious asshole a star asshole <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> In the world of both stripping and, you know, in the dom life, do you have concerns about clients getting too attached or maybe, you know, starting to think it's a relationship? Have you ever had to set boundaries and say, you know, okay, we have to slow down here. You may have to see somebody else. You're getting a little too close. Um, I think as long as you're upfront and, and you communicate in the beginning, what it's going to be. Obviously, like I said, people do let their emotions run away with them and try and push it, right? So it's just keeping that that communication. It's just communication, communication, communication all the time. And it's really, really difficult when you don't want to like disappoint someone or you feel like you're not going to get the money that you need because someone's not going to get what they want. So it's just, it yeah. really is about that. Um, but I mean, it is part of the job, you know, yeah, letting sure. someone have that girlfriend experience is part right. of the job. So it is kind of not telling a white lie. It's like selling a dream, you know, a lot. They all know it's like a fantasy, you know, and they know it's a fantasy. It's just when it kind of goes beyond that. It's when, yeah, it's a lot of girls find that difficult um, to kind of crush yeah, a man's dreams. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah, of course. But um, I mean, I've definitely been a culprit of just like letting something go on a bit too long because you don't really know how to like let someone down, you know? So yeah. Um, and you don't sure know when it's like, it is this part of the fantasy or are we in real life right yeah. now? Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how do I know? <laughs> oh, um, dear. It's when they come in their pants at the end and you're just like, no, that wasn't supposed to happen. This is not real don't life. Don't do that. No. Okay. <laughs> I actually, um, uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask is, so I, I worked in a comedy club for a little over a year. I managed a comedy club. So I watched comedy every day. It was like three shows a day. So for that year and a little while after, I fucking hated comedy. I did not watch a stand-up special <laughs> for years because I was like, I don't want to. So does that ever happen with you where like you go to work and you work sex all day and then you because I know you're in a relationship. So when you come home, is it like the last thing I want to do is have sex? You know what? <sighs> you know what? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it does literally take a small village to get me ready to have sex. Like 
my legs, my vagina, my asshole, but everything is just hairy. Okay, first of all, and then and then the, the, if you want to go to work and do all of that, then you got razor buns. If you're shaving for work yeah. and you're shaving at home, it's just like someone's got to see the hairy me. Okay, and it's normally <laughs> my boyfriend. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So I mean, and yeah, and also when you're on on the phone and you wake up at nine a.m. and someone's like, oh yeah, double anal penetration. You're just like, it's too early for that. Yeah. I haven't even I had a coffee. I can't talk about. <laughs> anal now you know so um let me open my eyes first yeah <laughs> literally it's like literally just batting the dicks away from 9 a.m on like no um but yeah i mean i i do try to decompartmentalize and obviously dancing and uh you know working nights is also quite a big factor of it you know True. you you end up being really super tired um yeah. but you know it means i have loads of like sexy outfits that i want to wear at home it's just like i've got to just like yeah. get myself in the mood you know um put some nice music on get in you know the nice lighting and just feeling sexy but it is you know when I would just want to go home and eat a takeaway and just like be fat you know it's that's just basically yeah. what my boyfriend sees and you know at work I'm professional okay <laughs> so <laughs> it's just it's bringing the professional home is is getting harder and harder especially in corona <laughs> yeah. I would say oh, yeah. yeah yeah for real <laughs> Do you, when it comes to, you know, sex with your partner, do you have any kinks? Like you have to deal with other people's kinks all day at work, but do you have any that you like to bring home? Um, I'm just really super open. I like, that's one thing that I'm, I'm like really about is just like exploring trying. and trying new things. Yeah. Trying things. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't like, I mean, I think that when you're in a relationship with someone, you've been with them a, a long time, it's you also feel like there's more to lose if you do something a bit too freaky and out there. It's like, oh, well, they judge me because they know me so well. Like they've seen me with Thai on my like chest, like Thai food on my chest, like yesterday. Are they still going to want to suck my tits? Like, do you know what I mean? It's like, you don't really know. You don't really know like what to do. So I think, um, yeah, I think for me, it's just trying things and being open and also being, I like being submissive in my, in my like home life because I'm quite okay. dominant at work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I like yeah. that you get nice to switch it up when you're It's like you get home and it's like, I don't want to boss you around. I've been bossing people around all day. <laughs> I want you to tell <laughs> exactly. me what you boss me around. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I just want to like lie there and take it. Do you know what I mean? Just like, I just need a little rest. I might close my eyes for a bit and then, you know what I'm saying? Wake back up and it's all happened. Yeah, I, I feel like yes. I am a sub just in life in general where it's like, I would really like someone to call me and just tell me what to do yeah. like tell me what to do with mm. my day tell me what to do with my career tell oh. me how to do this because I am just so like <laughs> I'll do anything so it's like <laughs> yeah. please just tell me what to do I'm so tired of making my own decisions yes <laughs> I think we have time for like one more question what should we ask you know what I actually I this is a good one because we had a lot of people write in about this do you have any advice for listeners who are struggling sexually? I know I, I said to you, we've got a, a female female listeners who have written in about struggling to orgasm. And we have a listener who asked how to get back into sex after a three-year dry spell and chronic pelvic pain. And um, do you have any advice for them as someone who is around sex a lot? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just take care of yourself. And like, like I said, find some nice underwear, find some nice music that you like, get a good vibrator, get a good toy and like explore Toys. your body again and get to yes. know what you like. You know, I think you're never going to really be able to tell someone or like connect with a partner if you don't really know your body yourself or if you've had a dry spell. I mean, like watching porn or like reading some slutty novels or like, 
I don't know, just even, yeah, just listening to some music and just having a massive wank. That might actually help. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a, that's a huge thing. And uh, yeah, and just making yourself feel sexy. I think I, it starts from you, doesn't it? And yeah, like, you're never yeah. going like, to, that, that kind of feeling of, of feeling insecure or worried, it does project. And if you feel confident yourself, then, then the other person that you're with as well will feel confident. It's just a massive vicious cycle, isn't it? So yeah, I think, yeah, yeah I think it's just taking time for yourself. I think that that's something I never I really that. did enough. You know, I never did that enough. I was always like thinking, oh, when I get to the strip club, that's when I'll get into into the mood. No, no, no. You have to be in the mood before you get to the strip club, you know? Yeah. Otherwise it just doesn't work. So yeah. That's such good advice. Mm-hmm. Getting in touch with your own sexuality and seeing what turns you on personally, you know, touching yourself, using the toys. It's like once you are turned on and confident in what you like and, you know, being in tune with your body, that's going to make you in the mood to yeah, be with a partner. I think that's so true. Yeah, for real. I never really masturbated because I, I, I think that I can get there with a toy, but I've never been able to get there with my own hands. And the thing is, is I'm pretty sure my clit's in a weird place. But the thing is, (laughs) it's like, I don't know where I know the toy can get there, but my hands can't. But it's one of those things where like, I just didn't get it because it was like, I don't understand. Like, I need a partner. Like, there was no connection for me. And I think that women don't think about it a lot like because it is something we don't we we've convinced ourselves we don't need. Yeah, we've convinced ourselves that like I don't need to come and it's like you really do though like it's really good for you like get it out and that was one of the things that like when I finally got a vibrator I think every woman should be given a vibrator at like age 13 yeah 100% yeah 13 years old as soon as you start like every boy you see you start being like you should be given a vibrator first of all women uh, I think young girls would stop having uh, you know uh, unsafe sex because they'd be getting it off whenever they want and yeah. they could flirt with boys at a party those nasty fucking teenage boys that are not worth shit and then go home and get <laughs> and off pleasure themselves yeah they wouldn't yeah that would solve so many problems so that's my my campaign like ashley cassidy 2021 vibrators for all 13 year old girls but yes, literally. let's do it literally buy a yeah. toy you can get a vibrator off amazon and i know that like amazon sucks but like you could get a vibrator anywhere and just like teach yourself about your body your own body. I think toys are great for by yourself. And I will also say as a married person who has gone through dry spells with her husband, toys also spice things up in a relationship and have really helped me and Alex as well. So toys all around, I think is just a great thing to promote. Yeah. It's like, because there's so many as well. Like there's so many websites, so many things. Mm -hmm. It does take a lot of reading or like asking your girlfriends. Cause like, Every girl's yes. got one and everyone's got like, you know, the Nimbus 5000 that's like, oh my God, that new toy. Oh my God, what does it do? Like, honestly, so I think it's asking girlfriends as well because if there's one thing buying them online and reading the reviews, but then if you know someone has tried it, you're like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. I've, I've got loads of like references from sex toys from my friends and and they're normally my really vanilla friends i'm like you've got a fucking sex toy chest like (laughs) under your bed i'm like oh honey i didn't know this i didn't even ask you so yeah that's usually the quiet ones (laughs) yeah 
that just have fucking the massive arsenal. strap-on dildos. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Seriously, the leather outfit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, for real. Okay, Chloe, I know you have to go. We are going to have you on the show again because I like as we were talking, I thought of like a thousand other questions that I want to ask. Same. <laughs> <laughs> so we are definitely, definitely, definitely going to have you on the show again. It's just because it's this show. Have you yes. ever had a paranormal experience? There's only one thing that sticks to mind because I swear I see shit all the time and it's probably right. because I'm really hung over most of my life. So I'm like, <laughs> I can't I can't be sure if it's actually me or, or just ghosts just following me everywhere. I but feel that deeply. Literally, just too much weed. But I'm thinking like, okay, when my grandma died, like this was a really long time ago when I was like 16 or something. Um, I My mum was like, she came out of her, her bathroom one day and she she looked all like shaky and weird. And she was like, I, I said to her, what was what's up with you? What's wrong? And she was like, I just saw your grandma. I was like, what? She's like, yeah, it was like a light on my shoulder. And uh, she was looking in the mirror and she just like looked at me like through this light. And I was like, I just saw that on the stairs. So I, just, <gasps> I didn't really realize I'd like seen this like flicker of light on my staircase. And I was like, Oh, this is, I was 60 years old, so I wasn't doing drugs at that point. So I was thinking, right, well, I probably did see something strange um, and uh, or, or drinking at that point. So it wasn't me being hung over at 16. But yeah, thinking back on it, I definitely saw this like a flicker of light like that wasn't supposed to be there. And I think and it, it, it like shat me up a little bit. And then when my mum had said, oh, actually, I've I had this weird experience in our bathroom. I was like, oh, OK, me too. So that's the only thing that I've, I've ever really felt like unexplained. Sure. Other than, you know, like I said, me being really drunk all the time right. and seeing strange <laughs> shit. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's probably it for me, it's, it's I'd really say. Nice I wish have... I saw more. Yeah, it, it oh, is same. really nice to have a story corroborated, though, like that. I was just going to say, to get the confirmation from your mom, I feel like that helps so much to not sit and wonder, did I see did that? I or didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. And she's such a serious woman as well. She's not, not really about that sort of thing. She was like, yeah, she like looked really, really like sh- shaken up. So I was thinking, right, okay, this has to be something serious then. But um, right. yeah, for real. Oh, I wish I'd Very see more cool. though. Yeah, cool. Well, we'll get more into it the next time we have you on. We'll get more into the the weird... Yes. Yeah, paranormal. <laughs> the parent actually someone was like have you ever seen a ghost in a brothel and i was like first of all i don't think anyone calls them brothels anymore second of all <laughs> <laughs> um that's probably the last thing she's looking for uh, right. dawn <laughs> of the dying stripper just like the yeah. stripper zombies just killing us all fucking hell <laughs> honestly there's probably there's probably some fucking women still stuck in the strip club like from like two years ago that haven't left or probably get like i'll probably like still go into work in like two months <laughs> time and there'll be women like ah, we've been here the whole time I'm waiting for trying to get out of the club yeah literally <laughs> corona what i don't know oh shit chloe oh, thank dear. you so much for coming on our show we've been looking forward to this for literal yes. months oh thank you so much for having me honestly like absolute pleasure and i'd love to come back again and talk with you ladies again so yeah thank you so much Please for having do. me we will thank definitely you. make the habit and everyone listen to stripper stories yes on itunes Woo. yes yes all right, Chloe, thank you so much. Have a great day, okay? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you Bye. so much. Bye. Bye. That's all the time we have this week for Keep It Weird. Thank you so much for joining us. And make sure you check out the podcast Stripper Stories on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your favorite shows. And you can also follow Stripper Stories at Stripper Stories Podcast on Instagram. Chloe is awesome. 
We really hope you enjoyed her interview and it got you warmed up for a deeper dive into sex next week with me and Lauren. In the meantime, if you would, head over to our iTunes and give our show a five-star rating. That would be awesome. Thank you so much. Follow us on social media at Keep It Weirdcast on all platforms. Check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash keepitweirdpodcast to find ways that you can help our show and get bonus episodes. And of course, head over to our Etsy page at etsy.com slash shop slash keepitweirdpodcast if you want to get yourself some sweet, 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 sweet merch. Do it. The shirts, the sweatpants, the totes, all of it is gold. Go over and, and get you some. it's free. Just kidding. That was a joke. It's not free. I'm so sorry. Wouldn't that be um, great? <laughs> but that'd be awesome. I'm sorry. We're, we're trying to, you know, make it's our right. way in the world. Um, it's all right. It's not free. Uh, sign off? Ooh. Oh. Ooh, baby, baby. I'm in love with the stripper. Baby, she ride she roll and she... I don't know all the words, but that's a um, T-Pain song. <laughs> I put it in it was the title of or it oh. wasn't the title but it was on like the edit you did you the, put it on our instagram mm-hmm. you're right i'm in love with this trip but that's why it was in my head i Oops. was like why was i singing that this morning it was because ashley put it on her insta but also it's a jam it's a, it is a jam also <laughs> we are currently in love with the stripper so it works we're in love with the stripper we hope you're in love with the stripper keep it weird guys keep it weird Oh, by the way, I'm Ashley, and then Lauren has the raspier voice. Okay. (laughs) I have the deeper rasp voice, yeah. Okay, noted. Here we go. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.